fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What a day it has been. It is the middle of the week, a Wednesday, the midweek celebration here on this program, which is one of the best days we have of the entire week as we see the light at the end of the tunnel, yet we still have enough mojo to be productive and efficient at our jobs. <laughs> That's at least what we tell ourselves. Welcome into the show. It is a Wednesday. I'm Andy Hoosier. I am Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason. I am The Voice Reason. I guess you call it that as well. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you very, very much. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Another, I guess, frustrating show, frustrating day. We had a lot to talk about. Lance Zumai coming on the program at the bottom of the hour. If you don't know who he is, we've had him on the show a few times before. He is the Senior Director for the Center of Education at the Pacific Research Institute. We'll talk about public education. The spiraling downhill slope that we're seeing in the public education system with graduation rates and with test scores and the battle between the teachers and the teachers' unions. Yeah, it's a real war going on right now. So we'll talk about some of that and what that's doing and affecting the children in our public education schools, especially going into election season. There was a poll, and we'll ask him about this on the program today. There was a poll taken, a national survey, that says the vast majority of parents, and we're talking Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, the vast majority of parents would change their uh, political affiliation based on the stance of a public education curriculum. Based on... What we believe for public education, good or bad. So what does that mean for the parents going into this election season when public education has kind of been front and center? We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. I guess we need to address the elephant in the room, so to speak, though, with the frustrating issue of the day. What's trending today? And I really want to break this down for those that are like, we need common sense reform. We need common sense uh, uh, discussion. We need to be able to do rational and reasonable things here. And uh, in support of the passing of this gun bill that came out of the Senate when 14 Republicans ended up supporting this thing, let me just tell you, these 14 Republicans are weasels and are hacks and are moderates. And I don't mean moderate in a good term of like, I'm in the middle of the aisle to find the common ground. No, that's then I'm a Democrat that just pretends to be a Republican, which you have to remember in election season, there are the Democrats that uh, that are the uh, wolf in, in sheep's clothing that pretend to be Republicans. In election time, they try and play a little bit more so, but they ended up passing this bill because it's, quote, common sense. So for those that are all about the common sense, middle, middle of the road, working together to find common solutions, I want to present this bill to you in a way that many can understand, and maybe we can see the disaster this is about to cause for the nation once this fully passes. It passed the first round of voting in the in the Senate. It's going to pass the final vote. It's going to pass the House because the House has a vast majority of Democrats are going to ram it through, and Joe Biden's going to sign it, and they want to sign it before the 4th of July holiday so they can say that they've done something on security and on guns and on school shootings and everything else. And it's not going to stop any school shootings, but it's going to make them feel better going into an election season saying that they've done something. 
So for those that are like, I like common sense reform, as they say the vast majority of polls show that Americans want a reasonable common sense discussion about guns. Let's have a reasonable common sense discussion about guns and the Second Amendment and what this bill actually does, this 80-page bill. And I want to talk about it in two different senses. I want to talk about it from the logistical sense of what it actually does. Then I want to talk about the political side of this and what this actually means on the political front for, obviously, election season. Because remember, no bill that is passed or even presented or debated on or voted on in any way, shape, or form this year is not political. It's Everything is political going into election season and a heated one at that. So what does it mean? What does this bill actually do? And does it stop or give the opportunity to stop shootings, public shootings, school shootings in any way, shape, or form? The number one obvious big issue that's had red flags with a lot of individuals would be the, and uh, you know, uh, all pun intended, the red flag laws that are included in this. And while they say there are restrictions in this bill, I want to ask you something. While we continue to put more and more pressure onto the court system, why in the world would we add something else onto the court system in an attempt to stop shootings by taking away someone's due process and saying, hey, I fear that they are a harm to themselves or somebody else. I'm going to get a court order to have law enforcement barge down their door and take their firearms away. I'm telling you right now, there are going to be a lot of Americans that if they get that knock on the door in the middle of the night from law enforcement and they say, hey, we're here to take your guns, there's going to be a lot of people that are going down with their guns. Just throwing that out there. So while you're trying to stop them from harming themselves, you're creating an environment where a lot of people are going to be harmed. And that's not a good thing at all. At the same time, we have a a judicial system, which, by the way, is arguably the most powerful government branch that we have today out of our three. For those that don't know, the three branches of government, the judicial and the legislative and the executive, the judicial essentially is the most powerful branch of government right now because everything we do up, I'm going to challenge it in court, going to take it to court. So now we've given them essentially the power and judges, not just an entire jury, but a judge to have full executive authority to decide whether you get to keep a firearm or not. And tell me, tell me, I want you, Democrats, I know you listen to the program, look me dead in the eyes right now. And by that, I mean look straight at your radio if you're not driving. And if you are, then pull over and look directly into the radio. Stare in my eyes right now. These blue, shiny eyes. I think they are anyways right now. I don't know. Tell me that as an activist judge all over the country that have been elected, or that have been appointed from the Biden administration, from the Obama administration, the judges, the courts, the court system, and the activist judges all over the nation that despise conservatives, that want to rewrite the Constitution, that despise the freedom of speech for conservatives, that despise the Second Amendment and anyone carrying a gun, tell me, even with red tape and restrictions around these red flag laws, you look me dead straight in the eyes and tell me that activist judges will not abuse this system when someone comes to them and even though an individual may not actually be a harm or a threat to somebody or themselves, just the idea that they had a bad day, that they got fired from work, that they had a breakup with their personal relationships, that something in their personal life happened and someone who does not like them for their political views, comes to that judge and says, because of this event that happened in their life, 
they are a threat to themselves, that they're not going to use that and abuse that to take as many firearms away as possible. Tell me that that's not going to happen. Tell me. Because I know you're lying. And you know it's true. And I know it's true. That the system always gets abused. And when people in power have the power, they're going to utilize that power, even if there are restrictions. Look at where we've come with the federal government. Prime example to where now, since about the 40s and 50s, we've had now a fourth branch of the bureaucratic state that is every agency and every department that is useless, that is inefficient, and that is unconstitutional. Now, is it rational and reasonable for us to to think about they're all going to go away? Of course not. That would be living in a pipe dream. But tell me that they're not going to abuse this. Because you know they are. You know they are. Then, what's going to happen? Let's say that you don't go down in a blaze of glory when you're trying to defend your firearms, and they do take your firearms away. What's going to happen for you to try and get those guns back? Then, the due process starts to kick back in after it's taken away to where you have to go to court and appeal it and try to defend yourself and try and get your guns back. Now, in a bogged-down court system that we're already in with the recovery from COVID-19, with immigration issues across the nation, with local jurors that are just busy and judges and, and everything, all the court cases that are going through right now what are you gonna be on a six-month waiting list a year waiting list a two-year waiting list no we'll get to you don't you worry we'll get to you for you to come up and explain why you think you should have your guns back but during that entire time they're gone now so no red flag laws are not going to stop shootings No, red flag laws are not going to stop bad guys from getting guns. Yes, it is infringing upon someone's constitutional rights. Red flag laws are an absolute disaster, and that was the biggest thing that was in this bill. Number two, let's look at, uh, they say, according to TheHill.com, background checks for juveniles, where they're going to go into a deeper examination of the background check and looking at juvenile and mental health records of a student that's between the age of 18 to 21 to where they can still purchase a long rifle. Um... That's nice. That's wonderful. That's already included as far as I'm aware. Could be wrong on this. As far as I'm aware, that's already included in an already simple background check. Because if you go to juvenile hall because you're a bad kid, that's a mark on your record. What does the background check do? It checks your record. So if you've been to juvie hall and it's on your record, it's already going to show up on a regular background check. This bill does nothing, which is what most Second Amendment bills do. It does nothing than already reinforce the laws that are already on the books to say that we've done, quote-unquote, something. It tells the government to do the job that they were already assigned to do, that they knew they were supposed to do, but haven't been doing it, so now we have to retell them to do that, and we're spending taxpayer money telling them to do the job they already knew how to do. That passes in a simple background check, looking at the mental, if you've been to a mental mental institution, if you've been and getting depressants and depressant drugs, if you've been to juvie hall, that stuff shows up on a background check already. Maybe not the pills, the depressant pills. They want it to be because that goes into the red flag laws. Oh, you're taking antidepressants. Oh, you're mentally unstable. We need to take your firearm away because we don't know what you would do if you're not on your antidepressants because you might lose your mind. Outside of that, the juvenile hall records, it's already on the background check. Why are we passing a bill to tell people to do the background check that they're already doing? Number three, gun trafficking. Now, this is an interesting one in this bill. Other elements include, uh, let me see if I can find it here, the uh, gun trafficking essentially broadens the definition 
of a gun trafficker. Other provisions, according to the WashingtonPost.com right now, that new federal gun trafficking offenses have a broader definition of which a gun sellers are required to register for a federal firearms license, which in turn would require them to conduct background checks on their customers. Now, for those that may not purchase firearms and know much about firearms, if you go to a gun store and you purchase a gun, they're already a federally licensed firearm dealer. If you purchase the gun from them, you already have to do a background check. That is already in place. So what are they talking about, Andy? What they're talking about is saying that they're broadening the definition of what they define as a gun seller. Meaning, if you try to buy the firearm, the 12-gauge shotgun from Bob across the fence, he is now a firearms dealer. He needs to get licensed as a firearms licensee, and you need to be his customer and now do a background check. They're trying to stop Bob from selling his gun over the fence to Bill because they want to go hunting together and they want to get this new gun. They want to stop that from happening. They don't want any private sales of firearms in any way, shape, or form without the government knowing about it. Why? Because they can track firearms way better for that sense, and they get more tax revenue from this. Now, good luck enforcing this, but that's what they want to do. You know how they're funding all of this, by the way? This entire bill, the mental health enforcement, the enhanced background checks, the gun trafficking and the registrations, the expansion of the ATF. You know how they're funding this entire project? They're offsetting it by delaying refunds for Medicare prescriptions that people are trying to get with their rebates that are going to create like $20 billion for the government. They're delaying those. The older individuals, the sick individuals that are trying to get rebates on their pharmaceuticals because they're way too damn expensive, you may have to wait longer because they just delayed that funding for a year to fund this garbage. Give me a break, man. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to the Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring the Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Imagine, if you will, inflation rates hitting 8.6%, interest rates skyrocketing, there's a food shortage, you can't get anything on the shelves, and when you can, it's extremely expensive. And as an elderly individual, maybe, or a disabled individual on a fixed income from the government, you have a lot of medical bills obviously and medical bills continuously climbing as well then you have you're on medicare you get some pharmaceutical pills you have a rebate to be able to submit to be able to get some of that money back and they say you know we're gonna get it to you but hang tight because it might be delayed a little bit because we're taking the money from medicare rebate programs to fund new gun restrictions and expansion of the ATF and mental health programs. So it's going to send money to the local communities for some mental health. You know what? I can applaud that. Let's. It's about time we started focusing on something like that. That's good. But by the way, all the expansion of the ATF and the gun control measures, we're going to fund it by taking away medical rebates from Medicare patients and delaying that for a year. So, well done. We're not actually paying for anything or expanding, but, man, we're doing a great job, federal government, being able to take care of the individual, which is why Joe Biden's out there pleading, can I have some more money, please? We have another COVID pandemic. What did he say? We have another a second wave or a second pandemic on its way soon. So that's nice. I guess we can prepare for that one. Let me tell you, the way I'm in right now, I don't care what type of pandemic it is. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you front up right now. I'm not staying at home and isolating and sell and uh, and quarantining. I am not getting a vaccine. I am not wearing a mask. I'm telling you frontwards, upwards right now, keeping you on the up and up. It's not happening. We can just get that debate out of the conversation right now. This gun bill is absurd, as we just mentioned a few things that it's trying to do. But let's take it to a political sense, because, Andy, we're trying to save kids' lives. It's not political. It's already political, because a gun bill doesn't actually stop criminals from doing dumb things. So, therefore, anybody that's thinking that this bill is efficient in stopping crime or stopping bad guys doing bad things is unfortunately delusional. And they just don't quite grasp the concept of what people, bad people do and why they actually do it. So it's already political, even discussing the Second Amendment in guns in the first place. So let's talk about this from a political standpoint. 14 Republicans, including John Cornyn from Texas, Mitch McConnell, you know, the Senate majority leader, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, Tom Tillis, Susan Collins, that's not unexpected, Lindsey Graham, again, un, not unexpected, Bill Cassidy, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Mitt Romney, Rob Portman, Shelley Moore Capito, Joni Ernest, Lisa Murkowski, and Todd Young, all of you 14 Republicans, you have given Democrats their first victory. 
their very first legislative victory in the year and a half under the Biden administration. When Democrats are down 10 to 15 points in the elections right now because they haven't been able to pass a single damn thing, and I'm even including the infrastructure bill, which has been a disaster, and technically that was their first signed bill that they actually did, but it's been a flop and no one's talked about that since. Their first major piece of legislation, Republicans gave it to them. Now, I'm all about working across the aisle when there's bills that actually make common sense. But when Democrats are down because their bills suck and their ideas are bad, why would you give them a handout? Why would you give them a helping hand? And, I mean, obviously we don't want to focus on the politics because it's about what's good for the country or what's not good for the country. So if we did come together on something that was decent, then I would be like, hey, you know what? We came together and we made something work. And I can appreciate and respect both Republicans and Democrats for finding common ground on something. This is not it because God-given rights and constitutional rights are something you do not waver or compromise on. We can find middle ground on other issues, but when it's a moral constitutional god-given right that is something you do not waver on and do not compromise on and apparently these 14 republicans in the senate thought it was a wonderful idea to give up the background the the constitutional right to compromise to give democrats a major victory going into election season to help rally their base because that makes all the sense in the world Sounds like a few people need to be recalled in those states. Hint, hint, wink, wink to the listeners out there. Let's start making something like that happen. What do you say? Lance Azumai coming up on the show. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Common Sense, Reason, Rationale. That's what we try to promote here on the show. Again, for those that are like, Andy, we like Common Sense, Rational, Reasonable, Gun Reforms, Second Amendment, with Republicans crossing L. That means it must be a good bill because we found good compromise. I don't remember the last time Republicans actually did a good compromise other than just caving in on something. And I'd like to remind you what the Democrats' ultimate goal is here that they just got one step towards. Imminent danger to themselves and others, such that they might commit mass murder, have a constitutional right to access a firearm, and to deny them that right would, quote, trample on an individual's due process and Second Amendment rights. You know who didn't have due process? You know who didn't have their constitutional right to life respected? 
the kids at Parkland and Sandy Hook and Uvalde and Buffalo, and the list goes on and on. So spare me the about well, constitutional rights. Well, the gentleman not be, No, I will not yield, and I'm not going to yield for my entire five minutes, so don't ask again. Boy, oh boy, there's another one. Um, we need a moratorium, perhaps, on gun sales. Um, we need to, who will say on this network or any other network in the next few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment? <laughs> you know, hey, by golly, I'm glad we compromised on that. Let's shift gears a little bit. I don't want to talk about guns the entire show today, but there's a lot of other topics to talk about, including other things going on in the classroom that's not like mass shootings, and that's probably a good thing. So let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Excited to have this guy back on the program. I love when we get him on the show. There's so much to talk about as we talk about the quality of our public education system, graduation rates, test scores. Are they going up? Are they going down? The battle between the parents and the schools and many areas of the country the battle between the teachers and the teachers unions where have we come from and where are we going in our public education happy to have on he's again the senior director of the center for education at the pacific research institute it's lance azumai back on the program lance how are you brother I'm doing great, especially great that I'm on the show with you, Andy. Oh, I love having you on the show. It's always a great conversation because this is so important. I saw a study, and I'm sure that you could confirm on this. There was the latest national poll that showed that the vast majority of parents, and I'm talking all political aisles, Republican, Democrat, and Independent, near 80% across the board said that they would change their political affiliation based on the state and the standards that they have for the curriculum or for a stance on public education. That tells me that there's a lot of people where now their kids' education is kind of the top priority. No, that's absolutely right, Andy. I mean, I think that you see that in a whole bunch of different indicators. Uh, in, you know, and again, you know, this is, as you mentioned, uh, a bipartisan issue. I mean, it's not just Republicans and not independents. It's Democrats. It's everybody who is worried about the education of their children. And if you look, for example, at the huge drop-off in enrollment in the public schools, not just during COVID, but even after the COVID has tailed off, you know, you're seeing millions of um, uh, kids who are not uh, going back to the regular public schools, you know, principally because during the uh, pandemic, those public schools performed so badly that you found like huge learning losses amongst those kids. I mean, in reading and mathematics, you found anywhere from four to five months worth of uh, learning loss. And for certain uh, types of uh, kids, I mean, for example, those coming from low-income backgrounds, you saw like seven months loss of learning. So you're having kids who are having huge problems in their education because of the lack of performance of the regular public schools. And, of course, when you see that happening in your own family and your kids are suffering from it, you know, you want to uh, change that. And one of the things they might do is you might actually want to take your kids out of the public school, you know, find uh, um, you know, either a private school or a homeschool option because, you know, the the uh, education of your kid does not have a D or an R next to his name. Yeah, that is very true. There is the major battle right now with school vouchers, and I know that's been a big discussion in many different states, but some states are actually getting some traction on this now, aren't they, with the school voucher? We're going to give you X amount of cash, which is how much it would be for one year's uh, worth of education for your child. Use this to go to a public school, but you get to choose what public schools you want to go to based on their quality that they have. You can go to a charter school. You can go to a magnet school. You could try to go to a private school, give you the option, and empower you as the parent this seems to be a really hot conversation lately. Yes, uh, Andy, you, you can you can definitely see that. 
Well, Andy, you can definitely see that uh, you know around the country. What you're seeing is um, you know kids being able to uh, look at, uh, like say, in places like Florida or in. Um, uh, Arizona or West Virginia, yeah. you know, you're having education savings accounts where the kids are able to take an amount of money and parents are able to then use that money to, you know, put their kids into a uh, private school of their own choosing. Because if, they're, uh, um, uh, if their regular public schools aren't doing the job, I think also, too, what you're seeing is that uh, these kids are also looking for uh, options such as charter schools, uh, where you know these are regular, these are public, uh, publicly financed schools, but uh, they are independently controlled, not by the local school district. So you have a lot more freedom there, and so. Uh uh oh, I think we lost him. That was Alansa Zumai, the senior director for the Center for Education at the Pacific Research Institute. We'll get him back on the line here, real second. But it is true. I mean, he he really does bring home an interesting point of the fact that you know empowering the parents is a good thing. Now, every time I have Lance on the program, we always get a message from some teachers saying, "Hey, all over the country, like, hey, I'm a teacher uh, advocating for the private schooling or for the homeschooling." isn't the best thing we are fighting internally within this system, which is true. And there are some really awesome teachers. And when we get them back on the line, we're going to get them back on here in just a second. That's a conversation that I want to go down because you as the teacher, this is where the next battle needs to be. Now that we've activated the parents to be focused on the public education system and focus on the school boards and not be called domestic terrorists and actually fight for the curriculum and fight against critical race theory and fight against the LGBTQ issue. And we can actually focus on the quality of the classroom with the teachers. The next battle is uniting the parents and the teachers together to go against the administrative state. And I know it's a very tricky one here. The teachers unions. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a hard one there going against the teachers unions, because now that's the battle between the teachers and the teachers' unions to be able to set the curriculum, be able to set what the teachers are allowed to talk about, how they're allowed to teach it, what they're allowed to teach, and how they're actually allowed to run their classroom. That is the next battle, uniting the two. Instead of bickering, which they always love the conquer and divide, right? Progressives are really good at the conquer and divide mentality. The conquer and divide has... Uh, worked really well for the Democrats on the administrative level. Let's get the teachers and the parents to bicker at each other. Let's get them to argue. Let's start tying the hands of the teachers so that way it's more difficult for them to teach. And, oh, by the way, we can't come down on the students if they're doing bad. We just need to lower the quality of it so that way everybody is on the same playing field. And if one kid does do bad, then the parents now are upset with the teacher as opposed to the student and there's a whole life lesson that needs to be learned there as well. We need to stop the bickering between the teacher and the parent. We need to start moving up the chain, moving up the food chain when it comes to the administrative state and the teachers' unions that do not have, and I will re reiterate this until the day I die, I the teachers' unions do not have the teachers or the students' best interests in, at heart. They just don't. Argue with me. You can email me, network at gmail.com, and you can argue on why the teacher's union actually has the teacher and the student's best interests in mind, because they don't in any way, shape, or form. They are the ones that are actually causing the divide. They're the ones that have caused the teachers to not have the best curriculum in their classroom. They're the ones that are looking out for their interest on the administrative state as opposed to what's actually best for the students. Well, let's see if we have Lance back here. Lance Azumai. Lance, are you with me, my friend? 
Yeah, I, I'm back, that's, Andy. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. That's all right. I, I, I saw you got cut off, but it kind of it helped me segue into what I wanted to bring up here with you and with your latest piece as well regarding teachers' unions. There's a new battle at front right now in the public education system where it's no longer about the teachers and the parents, which has been kind of the head the, the headstrong battle. Every time I have you on, I get messages from teachers like, hey, stop promoting like homeschooling because I'm part of the public education system and I'm doing my best to educate these kids with my best interests at mind. It's the battle now where we unite between teachers and parents, and now it's moving up that food chain to the teachers' unions that do not have the interest in mind for either the teachers or the students. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, uh, Andy. If you look at, uh, you know, when you have uh, big issues at stake, when it comes to uh, things such as, you know, uh, school choice or home, the choice of homeschooling, for example, you know, who are the biggest um, uh, opponents of that is the teachers' unions. Uh, in fact, Randy Weingarten, the head, uh, the powerful head of the American Federation for Teachers, just had a big um, uh, essay in Time magazine where she excoriated those people who were uh, uh, supporting school choice, calling them far right extremists. And so, you know, the, and but if you think of the reason why they are opposed, such a, so opposed to choices for parents and their children, it's because they have their own self-interest, right? It's like the unions, uh, uh, in the coffers are dependent upon the number of members they have, and that is then dependent upon the number of kids who are going to the regular public schools. Now, the unions would have nothing to worry about if uh, they were providing a product that the uh, people and uh, the children and their parents really wanted to consume but unfortunately it's you know as i pointed out a little earlier you know the enrollment figures show that um, you know enrollment is dropping like a rock and that's because parents are not satisfied with the type of education that I- the public schools are providing i know that there are a lot of public school teachers who are trying to do a really good job and there are very good uh, public schools out there there are very good public school teachers but the point of it is the bottom line is the choice of where your child should receive his or her education should be up to the parent because that parent knows what the uh, particular needs of that child is, what their individual um, uh, wants and needs are. And, you know, it's not the public schools as a system. They don't know that child like a parent knows it, and so therefore the parent should have the ultimate decision as to where that child sits in order to learn the best. Yeah, amen to that. we got to take a hard break here. It's Lance Zumai, PacificResearch.org is the website, Senior Director for the Center of Education at the Pacific Research Institute. When we come back, I want to talk with Lance and move forward about how we fight and battle the teachers' unions because obviously they're a powerful entity. We saw that in Wisconsin a few years ago with Governor Scott Walker. We'll do that and more when we come back right around the corner here for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. 
Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, we are. Reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we're all about here on this program. Welcome in the last few minutes here on the program for a midweek celebration. Coming up later this week. As we roll across the studio here, we got a lot of guests lined up, not only for this week, but for next week as well. Getting ready for it. Can you believe it? Next week is our full, last full week before the 4th of July celebration. Halfway through the year already, it blows my mind. Right now, we're hanging out with the man himself, Lance Izumai, with the Pacific Research Institute, pacificresearch.org. Lance, we are talking about the teachers' unions and how they don't have the best interest in mind for the teacher or the student. The, I, the, that really came to light to me when Trump first got into office and he was doing his big Trump tax cut for the first year in office. And within that tax bill, the teachers' union came out against the bill because he was getting rid of the tax break that teachers were able to have on the first $300 they spent for equipment in their classroom. And they were talking about how bad it was because teachers needed that tax break to file it when they actually would have gotten more money with the regular tax breaks they were getting on other stuff and just lowering taxes. But what the red flag was for me that threw me off was the fact that, wait a second, the teachers union, instead of fighting for them to say, hey, you shouldn't be spending your own hard-earned money to invest into your classroom because you should be advocating for the school district to get the equipment that you actually need. You're complaining about Trump actually getting rid of the tax cut for people that are spending money in their classroom. That blew my mind, Lance. I think it should blow your mind, Andy. I mean, actually, the teachers' unions should actually be, you know, uh, what it should have been happy for what uh, President Trump did because, you know, by uh, eliminating that uh, particular uh, targeted uh, uh, deduction there, 
you know, it actually incentivizes the the locals and the states to actually fund their schools in the way they should be, you know, uh, and not by providing, you know, uh, a kind of a special interest tax cut for uh, or t- a tax break for certain people. And I think that, uh, you know, the teachers unions are always talking about not having uh, adequate funding. Well, you know, uh, that would have been an argument for them to go to their legislatures and say, look, we, you know, our teachers no longer can, um, you know, deduct these uh, expenses, so, you know, we need to get proper funding. You know, at least they'd have a better argument for that. I think one of the problems that teachers unions have is that, you know, many states actually do fund their schools very adequately, more than adequately, and that, unfortunately, those uh, funds are not used in the best way possible, certainly not uh, in a way that will increase the performance and achievement of children. And I think that's the bottom line that parents and uh, the kids want to see, is that it's not necessarily how much money you spend, it's how are you spending the money. I mean, is it going into programs that actually are going to uh, improve the performance of kids? And I think that what you see, for example, with a lot of the federal monies that were given to schools in the wake of COVID, that a lot, A, first of all, a lot of those monies still have not been spent. And uh, when they have been spent, they've been spent on things, unfortunately, that have really little to do with improving the learning of kids who have lost a lot during COVID. I mean, you've had uh, improvements in athletic fields and things like that, that, uh, you know, have very only tangential relationship to learning loss. And so, therefore, you know, parents should have questions about how money is spent and whether they're getting bang for their buck. That is a great point. Here in the state of Kansas, I love to use this example where I'm based out of. Uh, When I first started radio back here in 2015 in Kansas, we looked at uh, per student spending, which was right around nine dollars to $10,000. And it was a big deal because it was almost matching what it was for the eleven dollars to $12,000 to take a student to a private school. This year, according to our own Kansas Policy Institute that I talk with on my local programs around here, the per student spending in Kansas now is $17,000 per student. And Lance, I'm not aware of the graduation rates getting any better, of the test scores getting any better, of the uh, quality of education getting any better. And we went from nine dollars to $10,000 just seven years ago to almost seventeen dollars to $18,000 now. And I sure, I'm sure that that's going on all over the country. It is going on all over the country, Andy. I mean, in my own home state here in California, you've seen exactly the same thing that you're seeing in Kansas. Uh, our uh, uh, total per-pupil spending has shot up to uh, $21,000 per child. And so, you know, and again, in California, uh, we have one of the lowest uh, achievement rates in the country. In fact, in, uh, recently we had a, a very uh, distressing statistic that came out that you had uh, one in four uh, Californians who basically are illiterate, and they they couldn't they would not be able to read a common sentence, and so therefore, uh, you know you know you're having huge um, you know economic problems because of that, yeah. and so you know unless you spend the money on things that actually work. Don't expect uh, you know, your kids to uh, do well, no matter how much the state spends. Just throwing money at it. We're out of time, my friend. Lance, I could talk to you forever. It's Lance Azuma, my senior director for the Center for Education at the Pacific Research Institute, pacificresearch.org. Lance, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, Andy. I'm, a, I'm here for you anytime. Hey, always appreciate it. We'll get you back on again very soon. I love talking about this. The future is in our hands. We need to make sure it's done right. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.